Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. November 8th, 2021. Jackson, what a treat we have today from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wall Strategies. A guest per request of the audience, Dogtown Ty, said, hey, why don't you have Jennings on QFTA, Jay Randolph Jr.? I said, great idea. Jennings, you want to do it? I said, yes. Because Jennings can flat out tell stories. With the best of them. With the best of them. And when you've interacted with Tiger Woods like he did when he was covering golf for Sirius XM, when he's had him on a show, when he played golf with Michael Jordan, when he's played golf with Phil Mickelson... Um, and, uh, when he's been part of St. Louis sports radio since its inception, Jennings has stories. So we had the listeners ask questions. Today's QFTA is a QFTA for Jennings Randolph Jr. So, uh, you are always welcome. And hell, send in requests. I mean, this just became a request from an audience member, uh, T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Any requests, any questions, comments, erotic stories, standard stuff, send them to me. Don't forget, we are in the holiday season. Jackson, are you in holiday season mode on November 8th? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, because my holiday's early this year. It's a lunar calendar, so mine's a little earlier, so I, I got to get ready. I got to get ready. Now, you just spoke in codes for a Gentile. That's what you just did. I have no idea... What I, I believe you're talking Hanukkah. Is that yeah. what we're talking? Yeah, it's right after Thanksgiving. And then, then you mentioned the lunar calendar, and then you just—I mean, it was like it was like a breaking ball that just <laughs> dropped. It was like you're you're Wayne right now, Beltran. Yeah, it's, it's a great picture. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it changes every year. Hanukkah isn't always on the same eight days every year, so it's a lunar-based calendar. So this year, it's right after Thanksgiving. There's been years in the past where it's in January. God, oh, is that right? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Some years it's really some years it. You know, starts on the 20th and ends on the 28th, so it goes right over Christmas. But now this year, it's uh, earlier in December. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into holiday mode because we're getting close to that time. Up until having, uh, I don't know, maybe age 14 or so to my son being born, I was just like, oh, this Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a whole thing is what I would say. Certainly. And uh, now that I have a child and another one on the way, I actually look forward to it. Yeah, it's great. It's, but, but, but it was, you know, it was, it was what I would say is a whole thing. So I'm looking forward to it and it's November 8th and I suppose I'm in that mode. Uh, I will be out of town, uh, starting on Friday, at least that is the plan and, uh, going out of town on vacation. Uh, Anna Marie and I, our 10th wedding anniversary. So we are heading out of town, but when I'm back, uh, it will be sound story time. A yeah. lot of sound stories take place in November and December because people get them as a gift to their parents or grandparents for the holidays, or they get a gift certificate. And you can get a gift certificate at mysoundstory.com. I love doing the interviews. Jackson produces them, sits here with me. We do them in studio now. If you want to do them on Zoom, we can, but we can now do them in studio again. 
Uh, we couldn't for uh, most of the pandemic. So if you're interested, you can either book it at mysoundstory.com. Uh, I won't be on the schedule available until, I don't know what the date is, like the 29th or something like yeah. that. Um, after Thanksgiving, or you can just email me and we can just set it up directly. Whatever's cool. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. You can buy the gift certificate online. It is the perfect holiday gift. First off, it's easy. Secondly, it's not like an item. Uh, it's something that you will love the fact that you got it and your family will be incredibly grateful. And it's one of those things you'll always be happy that you did. Um, so many times when the sound stories pop up in discussions, people are like, I was going to do it. And now it's too late. Don't allow it to get to a spot where you're regretting that you didn't do it. Get your loved one's story recorded. Uh, we are happy to provide that service here in the studio. And then Jackson sends you the audio and that can be forwarded to whoever you want. Uh, that is what sound story is. And if you want to record one, like what me and my brothers and sister did for my parents two years ago, we do the same thing. It's just, you're talking about your childhood or you're talking about what you love your grandparents and you're able to say the things that unfortunately oftentimes are reserved for a funeral, a memorial service. So say them when they can actually hear them. Uh, so if you're interested, that's what Sound Story is. MySoundStory.com or email me at tmckernan at InsideSTL.com as the holiday season is here. Ryan Kelly is the sponsor of our studios, thehomeloanexpert.com. Jackson, watch. I'm going to go to thehomeloanexpert.com right now as we speak. Look at me. I'm able to type it in. First try. Oh, there's Ryan and the family. How about that? Um and, uh, oh, would I like to buy a home? I click on that. Would I like to refinance? And here, as somebody who has done both with Ryan or gotten pre-approved with Ryan, uh, I can tell you then Then the next step is somebody from the office is going to contact you. They're going to get your information, and then they're going to let you know what they can do for you, how much money you're going to save or how much home you can afford, whatever the case might be. And when within, if you want to proceed within, oh, I don't know, I don't. it's going to be so quickly, it'll blow your mind. You are going to be refinanced or you're going to be pre-approved. And now you are in a better position than you were before you went to the website. It's that simple. They're the best. They really are. The HomeLoanExpert.com. That's Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Once you buy your home with Ryan Kelly, get insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800. Go online at CarltonInsurance.com. Net James Carlton is my insurance agent, and I am thrilled that he is. Just last week, I got a text from the office asking for me to update them with uh, what our odometers are on our cars, and that's because they're looking for a way to save money for us. That's what they do at James Carlton. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton. State Farm and the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show and the Ryan Kelly Morning After is Munganest. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. Last week we had a situation where Iggy from the Ryan Kelly Morning After got in a car accident, and uh, within oh, I would say 15 minutes of the accident, he texted me, and then I texted Jamie Burkhard, and uh, within minutes of that, he was texting Iggy and taking care of getting his car to uh, getting him a new car uh, to drive while his car uh, was wrecked. That's what they do. They take care of our listeners so well. If you are interested in a pre-owned vehicle, a new vehicle, or need to get your car serviced, make sure you're doing business with Munganest. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. It's Munganest. If you'd like an introduction to Munganest, Ryan Kelly, uh, or James Carlton, email me, tmckernan at InsideSTL.com, and I am more than happy to introduce you so you have a direct pipeline to our sponsors. That's the name of the game. I know for me, I prefer that. Uh, I'm not just calling like some customer service number. So here, you got the hookup. Email me, tmckernan at insidestl.com. And uh, also, I received this.
this one last night, and I'm always so happy when I see these kinds of things regarding Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Seth, just wanted to say thank you again for the great service. Sorry, Mr. Call on Friday. By the time I was able to call back, you'd already left the office, but John took my call and couldn't have been more helpful. I told him who I was and explained the situation. He immediately got me scheduled with Will, and he was at my house within the hour of hanging up. Will was great and extremely professional. He was able to find the problem right away and had the furnace back up and running in no time. In and out in 30 minutes. I couldn't have asked for a better customer service from the time I contacted you until the time Will fixed the problem. Extremely satisfied customer. That comes from Jason, a loyal listener who did business with Design Air Heating and Cooling. You can go online at designairservice.com and book now. There's a little tab on there to have Design Air come on by and tune up your furnace, check out your furnace. And if you are a veteran, that service is free. The tune-up is free if you are a veteran in the month of November. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And Action Jackson, our guest today is presented by... Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com, 314-889-0503. It's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Tell me about Mark Hanna. He's the best. Yeah, there you go. I'll wrap it up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that. The man is the best. Like, you, you get on a call with Mark Hanna. I'm going to do that here in the next day or two. Yep. Mark, just know it's coming. Yeah, you get on the phone with him, and when you hit end call, you, you just feel like you're a better soul. Yeah, you feel it's like the opposite, opposite effect of talking to me on the phone. You hit end <laughs> call and you go, God, this motherfucker. But with Mark, you really do feel better. Right? You, you feel like your soul just took a shower. Yes, like, like that's you, nice. You this just, is nice. This is vivid. <laughs> you just feel more pure because Mark is such a good guy. And he lay, the way he lays things out for you, it's so concise and educated. And you know it's coming from a place of expertise. And that's why I love talking with Mark Hanna. We talk with him every week on the Ryan Kelly Morning After, but you need to make an extra call to him this week and get a plan ready to go. He'll take care of you. It doesn't matter what part of your life you're in. He's going to help you out. He's going to set you on the right path. He's going to educate you on what you should be doing. And from there, it's up to you. And that's what I really like about Mark Hanna. On top of him being an excellent human being, he gets you set up right. It's not a cookie cutter plan for everybody. He learns about you and he educates you on what's best for you. So talk to Mark Hanna as soon as possible. He'll get you set up right. He will. Don't just think about a plan way down the road. That's a bad idea. A good idea is calling Mark Hanna and calling him soon because he is the best. And uh, if you already have someone, I consider making the switch because Mark really is that good. Get your soul clean and call Mark Hanna. I like that. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. .com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, who presents our guest this week for QFTA, ladies and gentlemen. Our pleasure to bring you the great Jennings Randolph Jr. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show for November 8th, 2021. Yes, it's questions from the audience with Action Jackson from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. But per the request of listener Dogtown Ty, he gave me a Great idea to have a very special guest today, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Ladies and gentlemen, Jennings Randolph Jr. How you doing, Timmy? How you doing, Action Jackson? Feeling do good. Proud. Feeling uh, good. Wonderful. I love it uh, when the audience comes up with uh, ideas for guests who I actually do want to talk to. Sometimes they'll be like, yeah, why don't you talk to so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to. But with you, Jennings, you are you are in that top ten of storytellers, and you have some experiences with, uh, I mean, hell, ranging from Michael Jordan 
or your father, who, of course, is a legend in and of himself, sitting on FDR's lap, and then all he experienced in broadcasting, all you've experienced in St. Louis Sports Radio, golf both with your own college career and then golf broadcasting. So I'm just, I just, I can't wait to uh, to let you just go and listen. That's what I'm looking forward to here for the next hour plus. I have been very fortunate, uh, but as I also say, I've also been unfortunate too. <laughs> but but I have been very lucky. I think because, and I, I give a lot of the the credit to my mom. Um, I was telling somebody over the weekend during the Breeders' Cup that. You know, when my brother and I were younger and my mom would need to do something and my dad would need to kind of take care of us, um, he'd take us to the racetrack. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I grew up at, at, at a racetrack and then got involved in golf and then gambled in golf and saw a lot of different things and hung out with older people, not just famous people, but older people. So my perspective is, is a little different. And like I said, I, I understand that I've been extremely lucky. Well, uh, you are beloved by our audience. J- Jackson, I, I like to do arbitrary uh, polls, as you know, with uh, absolutely no way to prove it correct. Mm-hmm. But, I think if you include Jennings in the mix, I think the highest approval rating of TMA hosts, producers, board operators, current current roster. Uh-huh. I think I think God, I think Jennings might be number one. Yeah, yeah. I I, I never I never see any Jay blowback. I I only see well, support. I only see support on the. That's not an easy thing to accomplish, Jennings. No. Well, and it's 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 not necessarily trying to accomplish it, which I think is part of it. <laughs> I, I, I think call. That, it's astute. You know, as I've said before, when I was doing the PGA Tour on XM Satellite Radio in the mornings, I would listen to you and and Martin and the, the cat, and then then when Dougie came along, and you saw this or you heard this guy that you just had seen on a TV screen looking at you and spitting scores. And you found out how interesting a guy Doug was and how hilarious Doug was. I mean, you knew it cause you worked with right. him, but other people had never seen that aspect of Doug. Yeah. It's so, interesting. Cause I, so often you have said over the years, I don't even know if you ever said it on the air, but I know you'll just be bullshitting with me or just texting me in the middle of the show, Doug Vaughn, who knew, yeah. uh, and I guess so. that takes me, because from my perspective, it was obvious that he was the guy, if we were going to keep the show going and replace Martin, he was, right. it was obvious. But I guess looking back now on the outside, looking in, if you're in your mindset or anybody else in St. Louis media or St. Louis sports media, or even listeners, they're going, Doug Vaughn, the guy on channel four to, yeah, to go I in mean- with this group. You know, Doug was like a, a buttermilk biscuit. Here, here's Doug, and here we go, and here's the highlights, and boom, 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 and you know, and and you didn't get to know him, and then he comes on the show, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> it, was, it, it was it was really fascinating, and then you know, as I, as I as have told people, yeah, I'm on the show, and I do shows. 
but I'm a listener and I'm involved in the fan page and I'm a lemming and I'm, you know, so I think that's part of it. And, you know, some of the other guys that are on right now lend themselves to uh, disdain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's certainly the nature of the beast. Yeah, I guess that's probably it. Probably the everyman thing, and then never really saying anything that you know, like because I people I think people might go, well, no, Doug would have to be, and I'd go, well, I, you, you you're correct, but the, the right now, if for a lot of people, if if politics is brought up and somebody doesn't right. line up with their politics, they automatically don't like that person. Sure. Um, some people, as much as I find Iggy to be instant offense and hilarious, and, you know, as is the case with everybody on the show, I guess we know this, but everybody gets along and nobody causes any bullshit. Like, I don't even know if you said who causes the most bullshit of the group right now. I have no idea who it would be. It's like a zero. Rockio. I mean, it's, 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 it, there's nothing like that. Um, but the politics thing can be there. Iggy, some people just can get irritated because they feel like he's hijacking the show, but I, but, it, <laughs> but that, but that's the brilliance of the humor yeah. on it. So, um, yeah, man, for real, like, I, cause I see everything that comes in, in that text inbox and, and you truly get no hate, which is, an, which is an incredible phenomenon and a thing that is basically there for hatred. Uh, <laughs> well, so that's, that's an accomplishment. I've, I've- you know, I've kind of been around in a sense since day one. I mean, watching it or, you know, filling in a couple years into it. And I've, I've been very fortunate because I will say that the TMA audience um, is extremely supportive. I mean, when you look at what they were kind enough to do for me coming out to try Normandy again when Normandy had fallen apart. I mean, a huge part of that was the fan page and the TMA audience. So that's the other side of it that I've also been able to interact probably more on a one-on-one yeah. basis yeah. than anybody else. Cause I'm out there. I was out there every day or they'd see me at gateway or their dad would see me or this or that. So I, I want to ask, I got a variety. We got a bunch of questions in my email inbox here. Um, but I do want to ask this cause you were talking about how you grew up basically at the racetrack. But I remember when, uh, we were talking about golf and I was getting back into it. And what you would say, because I would be in awe of your short game, and you go, that that's the byproduct of a lot of, uh, what, a misspent youth. Uh, you got it, it. An echo, is that what you said? Was that, am I correct on that? Yeah, I mean, when I was 12 or 13, uh, on a summer day, pretty much Tuesday through Friday, uh, my mom would take me to Glen Echo at 7 o'clock in the morning, and or six thirty in the morning or whatever it was, it was early, and, and uh, I'd chip around the greens and wait for the pro shop to open to go hit balls, and um, you know it was it was my thing, and and I can still chip, <laughs> I can still chip. Can't hit it real far, but I can chip. Were you were you when you were doing that? Were you in your mind, which I know sound would 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 sound like like a joke now, but in your mind then, were you thinking, man, if I can work on this, I can try to be a professional golfer. Were you thinking that like at 12? 100%. All right. 100%. I had been a decent athlete, uh, played baseball, played some select baseball until I was 13. I mean, okay. Um, I could hoop a little, I hated football cause I didn't like getting hit or hurt. Um, <laughs> And, and then, you know, I really got into golf and, and 
it became my passion and I dressed the part, which was probably just an odd look for a 13 year old um, or 14 or 15. Um, I, my whole thing was, yes, this is what I think I could do. I was lucky enough to go to tournaments and be around players and get to know a little bit of the nuances. And, and yeah, I, I, I can't deny that until I got to be, till my summer between my freshman and sophomore year, it's kind of the time where I kind of figured I wasn't going to be a pro golfer. You're talking high school? No. College. Uh, college. And, okay. Well, so, but I mean, that's the thing. So how did you, how'd you wind up in South Carolina playing golf? How, how that, how did I South took, Carolina happen? I took four recruiting trips. Um, one to Arizona, one to Tulsa, one to Kansas, and one to, at the end, the University of South Carolina. The Arizona thing, I would have been one of 20 guys and really one of 10 that never would have gotten to play. I'd have probably gotten a bag and shirts and all the jazz and and played golf. But, you know, unless something really changed, I wasn't going to make that team more than likely. I mean, I might get a fifth spot sometime. Um, I could have gone to Mizzou. I could have gone to KU. Uh, I just wanted to go somewhere different. But... When I had my recruiting trip at the University of South Carolina, I had a perfect time and loved loved the time I had, loved the guys on the team, and I got home, and it was my my girlfriend's prom night uh, that the, the day that I got back, and I told my my dad, I said, I'm I'm telling him Monday, I'm 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 in at South Carolina. I had the best time. I loved the spot. So it just it it, it was a it lucked out because I waited because I felt like if I played a stronger uh, high school um, spring, I might get some late looks from some places or give me better offers. Interesting. So you get to South Carolina, and you said it was between your freshman and sophomore year it became clear. What was it that became clear? That you weren't going to be playing professional golf? you got to remember – we had when I, on my freshman crew that came in, we had five freshmen and one of them was the reigning United States junior amateur champion, Brett Quigley. Uh, the, 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 the number at that time, number one or three ranked uh, junior player in the country. We had the best player in the state of South Carolina, a lefty named Robert Dargan. So I redshirted after my first, I redshirted my first year. And in playing with Brett and a guy named Rick Williams, who was uh, a year ahead of me, it it became apparent to me that I was going to have to really, really step up my game, that this was at a a different level. I mean, you know, was it it distance? Was I mean, what? It it was putting. Putting. Brett, Brett, Brett made everything. I mean, everything uh, from anywhere. I mean, he just. The putting was probably the big thing, and I was also dealing with two green green grass surfaces as it relates relates to Bermuda and uh, bent on the two different courses we played, and the you know a lot of the roughs there, Timmy and, and Jackson, were basically just 
hard pan sand yeah. and pine needles. And, and I never really played off that. Now, I got much better my second and third year. And by the third year, I had played in four tournaments. I was consistently right there on the qualifying spots. And then I qualified for the biggest tournament of the year in the fall, the Golf Week Invitational, which was held over Thanksgiving weekend. And all the way back from Aiken, South Carolina, I think, okay, man, now I'm finally, I'm, I'm finally, I can tell somebody in St. Louis, look, I'm playing in the biggest tournament in the fall. Um, and we got out of the car or the van and the coach, um, who I, I won't deny was at times a drinking buddy of mine, <laughs> <laughs> just to, to add that into the mix. Um, announced the team and I wasn't on it and I got hot and he knew I was hot and I slammed my trunk and peeled out of there and got to my apartment and called my dad and I said, dad, I'm not gonna, I'm not, this, this, this is driving me bananas. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be a pro golfer. Uh, You know, I'm not getting a ton of scholarship. Well, he said, call the coach and go talk to him. I went and talked to coach Steve Liebler. And as I said, there'd been, a number of different sessions we'd had before with uh, a cocktail or two. And he, he said, you're not going to be a pro golfer. And I said, I know I'm not going to be a pro golfer. He said, why don't you do this? Why don't we get you involved in the sports information department? You keep your scholarship, you do some work around here and blah, blah, blah. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I didn't play golf for nine months and uh, got a different perspective got my head screwed on right to where I was going to get myself graduated in four years rather than five. So, you know, in the end, it worked out best for me, not being a professional golfer. I mean, sure. I learned how hard they work and then how talented they are and how strong they are mentally. If, if you, if you think you can be out there, you can't. If you know you can be, if you know you can be out there, you can. Boy, that's nice. If you think you can be out there, you can't. If you know you can be out there, you can. Yeah, I never, I've never seen a guy, a a hopeful guy, uh, do real well on the tour. You either, you either got it or you don't. I, uh, you know, I've had Adam Long on the podcast a couple times and been able to play with him a few times when I'm down in Jupiter, and I asked him the first time when I didn't really know him well the first time we were doing an interview and I said boy we know a lot of the same guys in St. Louis or I'm at least familiar with the names and certainly Adams played them um and I said why are you you know down here because we're down you know in Florida and he's getting ready to go play in another event and and what separated you from them because Adam would be the first one to tell you it's not like he's hitting at 330 or something like that you know right um and he goes ah he goes just for some people, when it's tournament time, it just impacts them differently. And and I guess that was his way of saying, you know, essentially kind of what you were saying about the importance of, of the mental, the confidence that it's be- between the years. I was worried way too much about what other people were doing and what people were thinking about me. Um, and, and, and that got in the way 
of me having success. Also, um, when I had my best year in high school was in between junior and senior year. And then my mom came to me in early September and she said, you're never going to be happy until you lose some weight. And I lost 56 pounds. Holy shit. Um, from uh, about September 7th to uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, my and God. Yeah. Jeez. We had one of those old school DP gym packs that my dad had bought. Somebody had told him, well, maybe if you lift a little weight, you get it right on all this. So I, I started doing that, riding a bike. Uh, Were you starving yours? I mean, to lose that much, how much did you weigh before? I, you know, I, I was at 196 and dropped to uh, 140. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, the pictures are scary. It doesn't even look like me. There's one of Sullivan, and, and people go, who's that with your dad? <laughs> but, but, you know, and, 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 and th- what came out of the weight loss was I fell in love with a babe and started drinking. And I'd never done that prior, you know, and that was a thing that also somewhat affected my golf and the direction I was going. So I, you know, I, I made some bad calls maybe that if I, if I would have been more committed, I could have been better, but you know, it is what it is. I, I, I love the game like nothing else. Uh, best player you have ever had a chance to play against. That's Mickelson. Um, at the the Western Junior and also at a bunch of junior, he always played at Tahoe. Um, no question, Mickelson. Uh, Furick was good, and I've talked about Jim coming on his recruiting trip to the University of South Carolina, taking him to Applebee's, getting it all set up where we're going to take Jim to a swimmer's party. And Jim says, no, I want to go back to the hotel and watch some videos of my golf swing. Wow. I said, all right, then, brother, we'll take you back there and <laughs> we'll tell the coach. And the coach, Coach Liebler goes, yeah, he's, he, his swing will never work anyway. If he doesn't come here, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you actually, was Mickelson in your pairing? Yes, I played with him in the first two rounds. I shot, We played the easy golf course up in Chicago. Uh, at Cog Hill, uh, I think it was number four, number two's Dubs Dread, um, or or they're one or the other. Um, and and I shot seventy four the first day. He shot seventy three. We went to the harder golf course. He shot sixty nine. I shot eighty four and missed the cut. Wow. Were, do you yeah. did you were you aware of how good he was when you were going oh, up? Oh yeah, and, yeah. Okay. I knew at the age of fifty. I played in the Lake Tahoe Junior, the AJGA Lake Tahoe Junior, and shot 74 in the my age bracket, which Phil was in. He was a year younger. Phil shot 67. Wow. My goodness. I was fifth. Phil was first by three. And I think he shot 68 the next day. I mean, Phil Mickelson has been the best golfer in the world for his age probably every year but a couple since he was eight. Now think about that. 
but I mean, think about that. I'm talking about there were maybe a couple years where there was a guy his age that you could look back and say, oh, he's probably better than Phil. But I mean, if it's if it's 40 years or, or, or yeah, it'd be about 40 years, yeah. 38 of them, he's been the best. What was he like age. to interact with? Very quiet. Didn't say much. Locked into his game. Um, he changed a lot as it related to the way uh, he he was after he was heading towards the professional ranks. I think he, he understood that. I mean, he always had the smile. I mean, he always and, and smiling and all that. But he was a little more quiet, and, and he kind of opened up as he got to Arizona State. Uh, what about your interactions with Tiger? I know going back that you were a huge fan of his. Um, what interactions have you had with him? It all started with Iggy, her angry. I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> we're doing a golf show in the afternoon, and this would have been um, when he was eight, 17 or 18. And it was Christmas Eve, and I remember it because it was Christmas Eve, 1992, I believe. And, or, or, no, 1992, yeah, because I got engaged that night after. Iggy got him on. He'd won three straight U.S. Junior Ams. Everybody was talking about him. Um, and he, was, he had his final year of high school, and, and we got him on, and he was fascinating for 15 minutes. Now, then the next time Iggy got him, it was a little different. It was not good. Post-GQ Iggy told, interview? Iggy told Tita that he was Gary McCord and had lost oh, Tiger's man. phone number. <laughs> he really wanted to get him bad. This was the week, be- this is the week before he's defending the Masters. Oh, and I'm, God. I'm telling Iggy, this, this is 98. The week before he's defending the Masters, I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. And, and, and Iggy's not telling me at the time how he's getting them. Uh, he just said, I'm, I think I'm going to get Tiger. Get <laughs> so Tiger comes on with us, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't say much. And I just kind of could tell something wasn't right. And uh, I said, Tiger, well, thanks. I know your time is short. Good luck next week at Augusta. Boom, we're done. And Iggy told me the story. Yeah, well, I got him by telling Tita it was I was Gary McCord. So <laughs> <laughs> we did that, and then I got lucky with the uh, with the XM. Um, the third event that I covered uh, was Disney, and he played Disney, and he was coming in as the broadcast started. He was finishing on the ninth hole at the Palm Golf Course. Now, I got to tell you, as a spoiled child, I went, <laughs> this is so sad, <laughs> I, went to golf, I went to golf camp at Walt Disney World um, like seven years in a row. And it was pretty nice. <laughs> it was, I mean, you'd play golf all day, and then you'd pick, do you want to go to Epcot tonight, or do you want to go to Magic Kingdom? Oh, um so it was kind of a, a, a nice deal. Um, so I've got a lot of history at the property. And lo and behold, they say, Jay, we want you to go over and get Tiger after he's done on number nine. And I'll never forget, um, they're putting on my headset, and I'm you know running over, and, I, 
get over there and he's coming off the green and, you know, he does the TV hit and then we were always second. And, and I, I'm like, my headset is crooked. I can tell my headset is crooked. He's going to be walking up to me and I got a goofy looking headset. And I quickly fit, did my headset and said, Tiger, you got a minute? He goes, sure. And he was, he was really good. And, and we, you know, when we got done, he goes, thanks a lot. And I said, thank you. And, and it was, you know, that first interaction. And then as time went on and I would interview him a couple more times, um, he felt much more at ease. And part of the reason was I was friends with Michael Collins, oh, yeah. who was trying to start get into broadcast and he'd been a caddy and a comic and Michael and him had a good relationship. And also, uh, Bob Bubka, <laughs> yes. who's, who's another story in himself, um, was uh, tight with, ti- I mean, not tight with Tiger, but a, a Tiger guy. And Tiger liked him. And so, you know, Tiger would give me, every time he'd see me, Tiger would give me the head bop. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool. I mean, you yeah. know, somebody be with me and we walk by Tiger. You go, did they just give you, did Tiger just give me the head bop? I said, yeah. I got it like that. Uh, <laughs> and, th- and then we got to interview him for about 25 minutes. And the reason he did it was it was at his event in Thousand Oaks um, at, 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 uh, at Sherman Sher- Sherwood. Um, it was his tournament. And he was great. And he was fantastic. And um, I... Uh, I was in awe of the guy, uh, in awe of the way he played, in awe of the way he carried himself. Um, didn't see, didn't even hear many whispers about uh, the other stuff. Never did, really. No, uh, I mean there are guys that have said, well, maybe or you know, I mean they saw him here with somebody, but no, not 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 like you normally would. He was. Tim, he was so protected. Right. That's. Yeah, that I mean, if, if if McGuire would have had somebody like that, like you know, like a Mark Steinberg standing behind. I mean, Mark Steinberg would literally stand behind Tiger. I remember at the World Series or at the Firestone, the World Golf Championship, and and he's doing the rap sign behind Tiger. I mean, he's telling you you got to wrap it up with Tiger. I mean, it's it's it was so controlled and and there was so much appreciation and respect for what he had done golf wise, because it was, you know, as I've said before, Arnold's the greatest uh, character of the game. Jack's the greatest winner of the game, but ain't nobody played golf like Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. Thinking about anybody who you would have interacted with who would compare to the level of a Tiger and Phil that you would have played? I'm just thinking of the age range. So there's Golfer-wise? Yeah, golfer-wise. Well, Furyk, um, I played with um, a guy that just won on the Champions Tour, Paul the Geek Claxton. <laughs> is he Paul the, the Geek? Is that your own name for him, or is he... I'm, wait, he, he that's the perfect name. I mean, like Tom Watson. Tom Watson was Huck Finn. I mean, this this guy is the geek. Um, and and uh, you know, I played with uh, a guy down in Florida, Hiroshi Matsuo. 
who every couple of years I'll see pop up in an Asian event, or he also plays some on the Champions Tour now. Um, I mean, you know, I've been lucky to play. I played with Sam Sneed. Um, I played with Irwin. I played with Trevino. Um, been very fortunate with the people I've gotten to play golf with. Well, Michael but, Jordan is the one that's at the top of the list as far as, you know. Well, the- just, you know, you, you mentioned Tiger. Uh, I mean, the difference between Tiger and Jordan, and again, I can't say that I know this, um, but Jordan, Jordan is just so real. Do you know what I mean? You you just get the sense from the moment you're accepted. And when I say accepted, that he's cool with you. Yeah. That he's going to give you who Mike is. Yeah. Yeah. And you better just be ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. So when you first met him and and, and for the, the backstory, he's in town and who sets it up? So his son was in town at the Nike camp. Right. And Rich Gray, the godfather of all sports radio, right. who started it, uh, was working at uh, for Enterprise and uh, Enterprise Capital Group. And I'm doing a radio show with Dave Green. And they tell me that Rich Gray's on the phone for me. I'm thinking, what the hell? Somebody, I hope somebody, everybody's all right. Why is Rich calling me uh, at a break? And I answer the phone. Rich goes, what are you doing at 1030? I said, well, uh, the show will be over at 10. He goes, yeah, you're going to want to leave the show at 9.45. I said, well, what's going on? He goes, I think you're going to play golf with Michael Jordan. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and then he, and, but then he goes, he goes, you may not play with him, but he's going to play with You'll be one of the groups. I said, okay, yeah. So now, you know, now I'm, I mean, on the way out, I'm going, I'm not playing with Jordan. But damn, I'm going to meet Jordan. Yeah. Thing, you know, whatever. And what course and again? What course again? Boone Valley. Boone Valley. And uh, we get there, and I'm kind of the first one there. And I know some of the people at Boone, and they get me set up on a cart and send me over to the range where they get the range balls and the whole thing. And uh, here comes Charles Oakley and this giant of a person. Um, I mean, huge like rerun from what's happening. <laughs> um, and his, he, his name is big Mike and they just kind of, they don't say anything to me. They just take their clubs and they kind of walk by like, yeah, okay. White boy, <laughs> um, you know, and here comes Jordan down the hill and Willard Harrell and a couple of the Roy green and rich gray kept coming. And, and I get introduced to Jordan and right off the bat, he says, fat boy, you playing with me. Never, never. First thing he basically said to me was fat boy, you playing with me. <laughs> Unreal. You, Unreal. Not nice to meet you, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> and, and, and when we got in the cart on our way to the first tee, he said, you know, I met your dad. I said, I, I know that he said he, he ran into you at Augusta. I didn't think you'd remember that. He goes, yeah, I remember that. He goes, do you drink? I said, yeah. He said, you drink beer? I said, yeah. He said, what kind of beer do you like? He said, I said, Budweiser. 
he picks up the phone. He calls the pro shop and he says, bring, bring us a case of Budweiser out here on the golf course. Will you please, can you bring us a case of Budweiser? I'm like, it's, it's 1045, whatever. <laughs> and, and I mean, he, he, it was me and him and big Mike and, and Oakley. And I mean, we got on the second tee. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through all the, you know, the jaw jacking and the whole thing. We got on the second tee and he started up again and I'm getting ready to hit. And I stepped back and I look at Oakley and I said, it, it couldn't have been worse on the golf. I mean, on the court. It couldn't have been worse on the court. He goes, it was 10 times worse on the court. <laughs> I mean, so what is he saying? I, I mean, he's going, I can tell you don't have this shot, fat boy. You, you don't have that shot. You're good, but I don't think you can do that. And, he's, and he goes, look at my big man. Look at big Mike. Look at big Mike. He can hit it. And I mean, it was just, it was everything. I mean, just, you know, you want to bet a dollar that I'm going to be five feet from the hole. No, I don't want to bet a dollar. <laughs> we got another bet. I mean, he was and, and just shit, uh, shit talking. I can say that. On the yeah, internet. it's a free for all. Free for all. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was in. I, I, you're obviously in awe of the presence of the guy, and and in awe of the talent that he is athletically. But my goodness. The way he can shoot the stuff and give trash is at an all-time high. So and it never, it never stops. Game-wise, where would you say he was number-wise? At that time? Yeah. At that time, he was the 75 to 80 shooter. Uh-huh. I mean, if he got hot, I mean, he shot um, two under. I, you know, he shot two under for six extra holes that we played. Now he got hot and he was feeling really good. He'd gone from the beer to the, to the clear stuff and <laughs> was feeling good. Um, but I mean, and, and then he just got to an all time high. I mean, then, then it's just easy. You know, he, he was fantastic. Yeah. He, I, I, t- I tell people that, that he's everything you'd want him to be. And then a little bit more. Wow. How great is Which that? Which doesn't always happen. Right. To live up to it. To live up to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, again, the second day when we're at Old Warson and the woman comes over and, and Jordan's sitting there and Ozzy's there and she says, Mr. Jordan, is there any way you'd, you'd take two seconds to get a picture with my my daughter who got married today? And I mean to tell you, he just popped right up like it was nothing. How about that? Yeah. How great is that? That's so the, awesome. That's the best to hear it. Well, not many people have had a chance to work with uh, Tiger Woods, uh, Michael Jordan, and then also Seika, <laughs> uh, Kitten Navidad, yeah. uh, Ariana Marie, and of course, most recently, Jewel. Uh, Jennings, a number of the questions that have come in uh, over the last week since I told the people you were coming on, um, ask about... What, of course, we want to make this very clear on today's podcast. This is yep. not a fetish. Uh, this is a fondness for feet. But uh, let's see. Thanks. Submitted anonymously, even though I think you know my name and always read what I include in parentheses anyway. That's who's uh, submitted. Uh, he has two questions. The first one is the story of Jay's first foot at Rend Lake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well... We uh, we took a group of about 24 people up to Ren Lake uh, for a golf trip. 
And uh, some of the listeners know who John Cletus Watson is. <laughs> and um, we'd had a big, big day. I mean, a real big day. And I was getting ready to take over some Ponderosa wings that were <laughs> that had been brought brought in. I was looking forward to that. And Cletus had brought a friend of his, Michelle, beautiful blonde gal. And she's sitting next to me on the the couch. And um, we were watching a college football game. It was like in October. And she takes off her shoes. And I looked at her feet and I said, damn, Michelle, you got really nice looking feet. And she said, well, thank you. And I waited a minute and I said, uh, can I touch him? <laughs> And now Cletus is going, what? What's going on? I said, well, I just want to touch your feet, Cletus. I said, he goes, Michelle, is it okay if he touches her feet? She goes, sure. So I rubbed on her feet for four or five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And just, you know, kind of knee net them, you know, just rubbed them and massaged them and then. Gave him a little kiss when we were done, and she said that was fantastic, and that's how it started. <laughs> Did you know before Michelle took off her shoes that you had an interest in, in the female foot? I I think it had always been something that maybe it would be my third or fourth glance at, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was never. I'm, I've always and I've never denied it's been an up top guy. Right. Um, You've been very clear on that issue. Yeah, no question. The 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 feet aspect. I'm not exactly sure why the fondness, but it's there. There's no question about it. Um, it, it was Cletus uh, comfortable with the whole event, or did? I think off the bat, he wasn't sure what to think, even though he probably wasn't thinking very well anyway at the time. <laughs> um, but then he saw Michelle's enjoyment. <laughs> and I felt Michelle's enjoyment. And it, it's been one of the things that's driven me in the foot community. <laughs> <laughs> and you have... What listeners' wives send you pictures of their feet? That's what the and by and I say you have. I want to make it clear. It's not like you're like out soliciting, but this this these will come into your phone. I'll get texts. They're not as bad as it used to be. I think people finally know. Well, I'm not gonna mess with them. <laughs> but I mean, I would get I would get pictures. Guys, what do you think of my wife's feet? I'm like, but they're fine, thanks. You know, but I mean, just out of nowhere, and I wouldn't even know the number. DM, I, I, you know, I accept just about everybody on Facebook. Right. And I got this guy, Charlie. And I, Chuck. He, all he does is post picture, pictures of legs and stockings. And I'm like, this guy got me because of the thing. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> so you've recently worked with Jewel at a TMA Live, well documented. Uh, up until then, I believe Ariana Marie was the one you said was the best. Um, yeah. Any specific FFF stand out to you? I know Jewel was your mountaintop, but you know we've got about a decade of these now. What do we? Uh, anything stand out? I know you remember. Okay, this. see what I got. Um, I can see her now. She's in a T-shirt. I've seen her in the videos. It was like the girls from DBs or she was blonde. 
I don't want to say she looked a little trashy, but she looked like she was sporting. Um, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking. As a matter of fact, I don't know. If and, I, and somebody knew her. I, well, and, she, and, but she was with another girl, right? Yes. A brunette. Yes. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent know who you're talking about. I don't know if I'll be able to pull up the picture because I got a billion pictures in here. Um, I mean, but she was really something. Um, but but that that's one I remember because I was so taken aback with her. I mean, we've had so many fantastic ones. Um, certainly, came money. Uh, came hey money. I remember her. She was the neat milf, right? Br- yeah, Bridgeton Hotshots. She was. She phenomenal. was. That was legitimate. That was legitimate. Yeah. Mrs. Balsack was great. I mean, the a lot of times the and I say regular gals, the the the, the gals in the public as opposed to uh, the strippers or porn stars uh, are, are are more fun. I pulled up. I just found the picture. I'm sending it to you, Jackson. I'll send it to you as uh, well, so you can have point of reference. Cool. Uh, this does absolutely no good to anybody listening, but to make sure that we're on the same page. So Jennings, look at your phone. I just uh, yep. sent you sent you the text. Yes. That's her. Yep. You nailed it. Yeah. Yep. Now that that was legitimate. Good to see Larry Nickel was in studio that day as I scroll <laughs> through these. Boy, that was a whole scene. We had a, we had the non-gay in there. We had you in there. We had somehow Larry is in, and then there are just like people in the hallway in Webster who are <laughs> who are coming up and walking in the studio. God, yeah. She she was. I have to say, she was one hundred percent legit. That was, and it really kind of became a whole thing. Here, I'll send uh, send more pictures to uh, to. Jackson and to Jennings. So, uh, for point Please. of reference, she, Jennings, she was really, really neat. It's, you know what? It's been a fun thing. Somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, well, "Aren't you, aren't you worried about the people in Sullivan knowing about it?" No, I'm not. Gives a damn. What does it matter? Who, who, who okay. I mean, what does it matter? Smitty knows. He's my boss. He's known me since 1992. Man, nobody's getting hurt. You know. I mean. I think, yeah, it's it's just a harmless, dumb thing. Like it'd be one thing for like pulling people up there, doing it against their will. They know what yeah, they're uh, right. exactly. They know what they're in for. Seems to be about forty people in the studio. I'm looking oh at my right. god! Yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. Uh, hold on, I got another one from the the parentheses guy. Second question. Uh, I'd like uh, to request a Rich Gray story. You brought up Rich Gray earlier with the Jordan story. I had the opportunity to work with Rich in a non-radio or sports-related role. And he was instrumental to my early career success and was just an overall great guy that I feel very few people know a lot about. I know it's not a sexy name like Michael Jordan, but I recall Jennings and Angry speaking fondly of him in the past. And it would be cool to hear more from Jay on the topic from the same guy who asked for the Rend Lake story. Rich was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Oh, is that Uh, right? I didn't know that. Yep. Well, I tell everybody, you know, I had a black guy in my wedding. (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I get over like that. That's how you get over. <laughs> right. Um, Rich was a unique guy. He was a kind man, first of all, is, is what I would say. If somebody said, tell me about Rich Gray, he was a kind man. He was also very smart. Um, uh, if you look at the picture of President Nixon leaving office and getting in the helicopter. Okay. I'm going to go pull that up. Rich Gray is in the uh, guard that's by the uh, by the helicopter. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Rich was a cop. Then he became, from that, became the number one seller of radio commercials 
in Cardinal baseball. Wow. I didn't that. know that. So would he work in KMOX? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, an African-American becoming the number one salesperson for Cardinal baseball. Became a, a radio stud at Q106. Uh, Stephen D.C., yeah. um, the whole thing, started sports radio, and then got a little disenchanted with the radio business and went to work for Doug Albrecht and the boys at uh, uh, Enterprise Capital and did really well and unfortunately was taken way too early, way too early. A stunning situation down in Texas where he got a a virus or something or an infection. And I just couldn't believe it. Um, I would, a a story about rich would be best told about how much time and, and energy he spent with youth basketball and young people and basketball and not just basketball, young people and their lives with uh, the St. Louis Eagles yep. program. That was his thing, right? Um, yep. and, and Ron Golden keeps that tradition going today, whether it be for Bonner to Larry Hughes to Tatum to these people now. Um, Rich is part of that legacy, and Rich is one of the finest men I ever met. Wow. What a great compliment that is, sir. You know, when, you, when you're talking about Rich Great, it reminds me of when your dad came in for an interview on the podcast. And I, this is this is such a, I don't even know what the right word is because I feel like beautiful trait does a, does a disservice to, to the trait because it does, doesn't carry it as well. Every time your dad would tell a story from all these incredible events, accomplishments, significant moments in broadcasting that he was a part of or people he crossed paths with, he would go out of his way to talk about, ah, what a wonderful man or what a wonderful moment. He's just you're paying compliments to the people along the way. Not not for effect or for political reasons, but it's just his nature. And that that's what I, every time I think of that interview with your dad, I think of the way you just talked about Rich Gray. Your dad talked about so many people in his life with that, in that respect. Well, he's a, he's a lot nicer than I am. <laughs> As I've said before, I really haven't seen him say anything bad about anybody but a jockey. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I think part of it for both of us is when we were young, we were in unique situations. And we, instead of just going through the motions... I do think both of us really paid attention to the situations and to, you know, I, I can remember going to dinner with Norm Stewart and just sitting and listening and taking it all in. And, you know, I, I think that's a little bit what senior did. And, and, you know, if I'm anything, I am a, uh, uh, you know, just a mashup of all my experiences. And I, I know everybody is as well, but I've been fortunate to have some unique ones. Your dad was around because your grandfather, a U.S. Right. Senator, West Virginia. Um, so your dad was around, yeah, I mean, the one I always cite FDR, but 
around circumstances that most people never experience. And you think that set the stage for the way he conducts himself? Absolutely. I I think, you know, and, and I think also my grandfather was so genuine. I mean, as I've told people, he didn't take a pay raise from 1972 on um, because he didn't feel like he should take a pay raise if the West Virginians were struggling. I mean, he he truly was from an era in that, that first hundred days of Roosevelt where a lot of them felt like we got to do something good. We, we got to change things. I mean, this depression, this whole situation, we've got to get unique. And you look at all the programs that were created there. And I still hear from people talk about the Tennessee Valley Association or, you know, the CCC. Um, you know, now, now we're not going to see that type of stuff today because it's not needed necessarily. But I, I do feel like because my dad was around the senator as a campaigner too, where you're you're glad handed and you're high and you know this and that. I, I think you know we both got a little bit of that in us. Jay, uh, the listeners have sent in a billion questions, and I'm going to try to get to as many as possible while covering uh, a lot of topics here. Uh, this one comes uh, from oh from Timmy Walters, uh, Jay. You often say that you are lucky that you get to be a host on your favorite radio show. As you are a huge fan of TMA, what is your favorite experience to date as someone who also gets to host the show? Douse me. That's from Timmy <laughs> Walter. <laughs> wow. I'm not sure there's a specific. I, you know what? I take that back. I think that night. When Hot Shots was packed, and this gal that none of us really knew walked through a door held open by Alvin Mack uh, and, and stepped up onto the podium, and, and we got to meet a unique individual, um, Lisa Ann. I, I think that's one of my biggest, that's one of my that's a benchmark moment on TMA. Yeah, it is. I agree with. It. I mean, the crowd that was there for that, you couldn't have fit more people in. And that's a no. pretty big, I mean, again, re- relative to what we do, you know, it's the like, Yankee it's not, Stadium. Yeah. We're not we're not we're not, you know, filling the dome, but, you know, for for a hot shots and a big hot shots, that was a and there was a lot of anticipation for her to be there with her becoming, you know, popular on the radio show, but also with her stag film past. And then just and how she she's just so money. Exactly. How she's just so cool. You know, I mean, she is and she's she's also she, not only is she I think at this point, anybody who would say she's not smart just is, just has some consumption with themselves over adult films. You have to acknowledge she's smart, even if you don't respect the game, so to speak. But also how kind she is when we were raising money for Larry Nichols. She went out of her way to try to help with that. Uh, the, the fact that she comes to St. Louis and does all of this and it's not like we're like peeling off you know twenty five thousand dollars we're not peeling off anything you know she just anything, does it just nothing. to come and screw off with us you know yeah yeah that was it, it was that was a great there, there have been so many i mean there's so many moments i remember we did one we, we did a foot fetish down at denny's uh place <laughs> friendly friendly <Yep. laughs> i mean the bar the bar olympics we used to yeah do, the, the, that you was know, your guys you producer joe and sarah b right 
Yeah, I mean, you know, just I, I, I've had so many experiences, and 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 I I enjoy interacting with the listener. I, there are a lot of people that that don't uh, that are in this business, and and you know, I I used to do kind of a straight show. I mean, I had to do a show for two years with Scott Warman when my accident was going on. And, you know, it, it just wasn't very good. And it was just talking about uh, the box score from last night or should they make a trade. And, and, and I became very disinterested in, in that type of radio. It just it, it didn't it wasn't something I got excited for. And uh, TMA and the opportunity to be on the show from time to time uh, has given me a lot of enjoyment, more enjoyment than any other radio program I've ever been involved in. Well, God bless, sir. I mean, I, I know I know amongst, you know, the quote-unquote full-time people who are on it on a regular basis, we love when you are on. Um, I it, 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 Just take it for what it is. I think I've told Jackson this story. Doug and I, and I think I've told you, Jay, um, Doug and I, which may disappoint people, I don't know. I don't, but I mean, we never, ever talk about the show like for unless we have to talk about for contract purposes or this is going on or that's going on it just i walk in at 705 the mics go on and we just go and then one of us will walk out for and it's just the way that it is and it's and it's you know it's completely fine i mean it, it goes without saying we have a great relationship but it's not like we're like bsing and i think it might be one of the reasons why the thing is successful is because it's not like there's a click inside of the show you know what i right. mean like if yep. some like if three people always hung out and then they kind of shit on one person. The one person might go, Oh, hold on a second. So everybody it's really gets unique. And it's all it, to me, it's unique as it relates to most radio programs and, and it's refreshing. Yeah. And I, I, I guess I don't, I don't know any different, so I can't speak to how it's different, but my understanding is, I mean, it was documented in a 30 for 30 that Francesa and mad dog didn't talk. I have an understanding, and I'm not looking to, to name names, although you're probably aware of more than I am, that shows in St. Louis where people were, you know, co-hosts, they wouldn't talk or they'd have big falling outs, but then when they were on the radio, you didn't know it. God, I've heard of like three that I can think of, and I think most of the audience would would know, uh, and I'm not even necessarily talking sports talk, so there probably are some of those that you're aware of that I'm not. But one time when we were at 920, I remember this, and... Uh, um, you got up to go have a cigarette and just me and Doug were sitting there. And, you know, usually at that point, we're whatever, just fucking off. I mean, doing nothing of any significance. Producer might come in and just BS. And he goes, man, I'll tell you, when Jay's on, it's just really a good show. <laughs> it was like, that is, which, which might sound to somebody listening to this and who's listening to the show would go, well, that, what, what, what's a big deal about that? I'm just telling you that he never... Never, I mean, for real, and it's. I'm telling the story because it never happens. I certainly think about the show, but it's more from like keeping it together, keeping the thing going, the business side of it. But I certainly don't think about like, well, it's nine o'clock Sunday. I better put together my show notes for tomorrow. <laughs> I don't do that. I know Doug doesn't do that. But but Doug and I just don't talk about or Iggy even or Jackson and I were we were out playing golf just the two of us on Friday. I mean, we don't talk about the show. And so for Doug to say that, which don't get me wrong is a very, whatever, 
you know, it's not like he's like, you know what? It was just kind of a, just, a, it was just an observation right after we threw the commercial break. It stands, it stood out to me and it still stands out to me because I don't think he said anything about the show since then. And it was like eight years ago. <laughs> well, and, and let me tell you something. The angry man used to be a yapper. <laughs> now, what do you mean by yapper? Because I'm sure some people go, oh, he talks all the time on the show. But are you talking about like would talk I mean, shit, he, so to speak? He didn't. He, he never shied away from stirring the pot. <laughs> Might have led to some of the terminations. Mm-hmm. You, huh? Might have led to some of his terminations. Uh, a number of times. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and God love him, and, and I love him, and, and he's one of the most unique people that, that I've ever come in contact with, and as many people know, I've met a lot of unique cats. <laughs> Were you, were you about to say something about Iggy? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to tell a. No, a I mean, what's there to say? No, he's. he's I mean, he's just. He's him. He's. he's I mean, I have. Uh, I have traveled with him. I have dined with him. I have seen him in action. <laughs> and the thing about him is, and I've, you know, um, I don't know if I'll ever recount uh, 2021 and all that has 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 gone on, um, but. You know, when I'm talking with other places and talking about, hey, here's the deal. If you want me, everybody's, it's either you get us all or you don't get any of us. And a couple times there'll be Iggy questions. (laughs) (laughs) I would have thought maybe if you're 1120, they might have said, now what about this? Yeah, you know, and like I said, it would, it's the tough thing about recounting it is then you're going into going into details about places where, you know, you know, I, I, I politely declined, but. You know, I said, listen, here's the here. I, I understand, because if you listen to it and you associate like sexual, you know, whatever with therefore the person isn't a good person. And I know a lot of people do that. I, and I understand it, um, that therefore, the per, if the person is this way sexually, then the person also can't be a good person or this person has been fired, you know, 20 times. I said, Iggy, you know, has worked on the show off and on since 2007, I believe. And has been on the show every day since 2000, September of 2016. And at times received a paycheck from a company I own and inside STL. And there hasn't been an incident. There, ha- there hasn't been an incident. Not one. One incident where he has been a problem in the workplace. It's just, I, and I, I guess maybe people would think otherwise or they because he's been whacked or whatever the case might be or because he'll say some you know shit about past places or whatever but dead serious there's just not been one i mean for real not one and when you're talking about doing a three-hour show that breaks twice um over those three hours and you're together as much as we are for those three hours and to not have anything i mean you know, that he finally found people he liked. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of it, for him to be as, and I don't know how he does, that's the thing that I would say about, you know, whether it be you, whether it be Martin, whether it be the cat, whether it be Doug, the ability to not break, so to speak, to start laughing, how I'm always giggling, like I'm sitting on a, a Benoit ball, you know, <laughs> but you guys can deliver these lines and not giggle. And Iggy, can, I, I tell you, people will ask, I'll be playing golf with guys I know well, and they'll be like, man, Iggy and Raby hate each other. And I go, yeah, they 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 don't. But at the same time, they're not really playing characters. And I don't think Iggy's really playing a character. But 
it's the same, Iggy. but it's Iggy. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. And he just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, the key, the recipe is a lack of self awareness or a lack of giving a fuck. And if you can combine yeah. a little bit of both, you've got TMA. <laughs> <laughs> But but he but he's the he's the, he's I mean he is the absolute I mean I don't know but it's like saying the absolute best well then what is Doug I mean it's it's a combination of the thing but you need you need Doug's works. reactions to Iggy's bullshit to make right. the whole thing go round and round it's uh, but like I said man for real that's that story and I know I know I've told you know a handful of people about it because they they're, I'm sure they're like well you guys have to talk about inevitably you have to talk about the show. Sometimes, like, Doug will be on vacation, and I didn't even know he was on vacation. So we're not even talking about what we're going to talk about, much less like, well, oh, Doug's out of time. I had no idea. Whatever. We'll just do the show. But for him to say that, you know, it's like it's like when Jimmy Chitwood spoke in Hoosiers. It was like, oh, <laughs> coach stays, I play. You know, that was. I'm a big, I'm a big Dougie guy. Oh, yeah. How can you not be? All right. We got more questions. Being a D1 college athlete on a campus like South Carolina had to come with some nice perks without getting yourself into trouble. Can you detail what some of those perks might have been? I went to SIU Carbondale and saw what some of the athletes got as perks, but curious what a golfer might have been blessed with. Thanks, and I always enjoy your content, big dog. That's from Flip Wilson. Flip, I got to tell you, um, it, it, it wasn't coming down the pike to the golf team. <laughs> but I, I do specifically remember that when I left for winter break and came back uh, in January, there were a lot of new cars in the parking lot. Hmm. If you had finished your time at the University of South Carolina playing football and had been a good boy and a good player, you had a new car. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. There were about 12 new cars at the Roost parking lot in Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, <clears throat> I had become really good friends with a guy named Charlie Sioni. I actually met him on my recruiting trip. He was at a at the, one of the parties that we went to, and, and we just kind of got to talking. And I remember seeing Charlie early on in September. So we're talking about uh, late April to early September that I haven't seen Charlie. And Charlie looked like a different person. He looked like he put on 40 pounds, 50 pounds, mostly muscle. He'd been taken from the quarterback position to special teams and defensive player. And as the, the semester went on, Charlie was a little uh, off and mentally off and I was still friends with him because he was good friends with a friend of mine, and he, he just wasn't right. They mm -hmm. go to the bowl, they go to the bowl game, and the second night there, Charlie gets in a fight and kicked off the team. And then the next thing we know, there's a big spread in Sports Illustrated about steroid abuse at the University of South Carolina. Byron wow. fired. Uh, the whole strength and conditioning coaches. They there was a gal that looked like a. I've, I've never seen a gal look more like a man than this gal. 
that was uh, <laughs> one of the, the the gal strength and conditioning coach, and her husband was the was the head coach. There was a seven page article. This whole thing, guys putting needles in the walls and stuff. It gave me a a really up close look, seeing what happened to Charlie, and Charlie never came back from the bowl game. I never got to see Charlie again. A kid that two years before had been the superstar quarterback in Florida come to South Carolina thought he was going to be the guy and ends up getting on roids and losing it. Wow. That's brutal, yeah. man. Yeah. That's but brutal. it was, you know, I mean, it, it, it was, it was cool to be, you know, when you're trying to become a PGA tour player, you better be a college player first. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, that, that's one of the the gap between like becoming a you know for going from a a fifteen to a ten versus the gap between a scratch oh. and a plus five. Yeah, yeah. your your reaction is <laughs> right on it's point. So razor, it's, it's razor thin, yeah. razor thin, and then you'll have days where you go, "Geez, I got this thing figured out," and then the next day you'll be kicking yourself yeah. in the head, and it breaks your heart. Uh, we got We actually have a, it. Just so happens we have a handicap question uh, sitting here. Uh, Tim, I have a topic that I think would be a great T- QFTA topic without Jennings, but with him, it's going to be even better. The topic is around golf and golf handicaps. The question is, Tim, with your love for golf and constantly improving, I find myself asking myself this: I had a kid in March, and before having my daughter, I used to play weekly and go to the range once a week. Now, I do not have time to go to the range and can only play every other weekend. I cannot play during the week as I have a standard eight to five office job. I always want to get better, but have continued to watch my handicap soar during the golf season this year. The question is how good can a casual golfer expect to be if they can't dedicate the range time and play consistently? Is it a 15 handicap? I have always wanted to get into single digits, but I think I just need to give that expectation up. Would love to hear your thoughts as well as Jackson and Jay's, feel free to use my name as well. That's from Patrick Roach. Jennings, what do you got? Roach, what I tell you is a lot depends on how much you put in prior to, to, to the break now. I mean, if, if, if you're a five handicap and have worked on your game for years and, and built up the right fundamentals, and, and, you know, or, or say you were playing three times a week and you were a five and you're down to just once a week or once a weekend. I, I mean, I, you're going to slip a little bit, but I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to a 15. Right. I think it's about I think it's about what the work that you put in prior. I mean, I rarely play now. Um, and. You know, if I play for two or three days in a row, I can get back to a semblance where I can, you know, get a couple over or flirt with par. Do you know really? I mean? Is that right? Well, and again, part of it is just getting the rhythm back and getting the feel. I mean, you know, when when you when it's all you did from nine to twenty one. And then you still were pretty active until you were thirty-two or three playing. Um, but but if you're if you if you've just kind of in the last couple of years picked it up and gotten yourself really good, um, you're going to probably lose a little more than if you'd had the basis for a number. Of years. Right. That, but I think that's probably the case with everything. That's to me the thing that I was about to say is the the. Delta for somebody still shoot free throws and he don't shoot free throws. I'm sure that's a, and that's what I was about to say. If you played 
growing up and then you take time off, yeah. I would imagine it's going to be easier for you to get back into some semblance of what your game was before you took time off than somebody who, like me, I didn't pick up the game really until, I don't even know, I, God, I don't know, my 20s really, but I suppose I played Ruth Park for the first time when I was 16, so... And you're taking it more serious now than you ever have. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely an obsession. It's a it's a quest. I don't know what it's a quest for. I have no idea, but but but, but I'm at least out What's there the pursuing something. I have no idea. Like, what, what, what a great way to set a goal is to not have a goal, but just focus on, you know, constant uh, improvement. But, uh, J- Jackson, what would your answer be? Because I know Jackson, let me tell you something, Jenny. Have What's you played with Jackson? Jackson? Yeah. What are you, like a 14? I played Jackson on uh, Friday. You were 14, is that mm-hmm. what Yeah. Jackson has the ability to be super low. What's holding you back, Jackson time? Uh, He's got yeah. a putting problem. Not, putting. not to Iggy's level, but... Ball striking has, has been an issue. But I've, I've been, I've fluctuated my whole life. I think if someone's a, a casual, once-a-week player, once-a-week range guy, I think the lowest you'll probably ever get is high single digits, like nine or eight, because so much, and Jay, you mentioned this, it's it's feel, and you get the most out of feel around the greens, whether it be chipping or putting, and if you don't have that concrete feel, like you know what you're doing around the greens, you're going to you're gonna gain strokes that you wouldn't gain if you upped that range session to two or three times a week and played more than once a week. But if that is as much as you'll do, I think single-digit handicap, like high side, like eight or nine, is probably the best you can do because you're missing so much of that feel and just the constant swing, like just taking 100 swings a day, you know, no matter where around the greens or otherwise. That muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. that's so much of it. Yeah. Uh, mental element is is so important. I, two things that I would say since, this, since 2021 has kind of been my whatever breakthrough for me, but again, so much of that is because I was in Jupiter for six months and playing, God, I mean, five times a week. And even if I only had an hour, I would just drive over to where I was playing and the practice facility. You had a bunch of guys, a lot of college bags on that range, Jay, as guys moved down there to try and get on the mini tours. And it's a, it was a golf club. It wasn't like a, you know, let's tell everybody I'm a member at a country club thing. It was a, it was a golf club. So it wasn't a social thing. And, it, and so just to be able to do that was huge. But if I look back on why I dropped so much this year, number one, I would tell this gentleman, uh, Patrick Roach, I believe. Yes, Patrick Roach. I I think getting, finding a good instructor, I'm sure people would love to hear your opinion, but maybe you don't want to give out names because then people you don't name, you would, that would might be angry you don't name them. But a good instructor to give you, I mean, whatever you can, simplify it to, but whatever one or two swing thoughts uh, just to repeat that, that that's, that's the barometer for each swing. Um, you know, I know what I'm thinking when I'm taking the club away and when I'm going through my swing and when I finish and that's, that's where I am. And then the other thing I would say, but most people don't do it. And it's, it speaks to, I think why you got to where you were, as you talk about your, you know, misuse of time around the, the, the putting and chipping areas at Glen Echo is most people go to the range and then they'll just sit there and they'll, you know, hit irons and then eventually just sit there and start bombing drivers. And it's just such a, it's, I mean, I get it. You got to do it, but the place where you're actually going to move scoring wise is by getting a putting stroke and, and not necessarily holding the putts, but getting a feel for when you know the proper speed and also 
chipping around the greens and so that those shots don't freak you out and that you're putting through rough or that you're putting like you, you 40 yards it. off the grass or so green, excuse those, me. So that those shots don't freak you out. Right. I mean, they're easy, and, and, but they get in yeah, people's heads. When, when a pro, for the most part, hits a bad golf shot, it's because they're uncomfortable. Mm. And, and, and they're rarely uncomfortable. And think about how many times during a round we are uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with what we are faced. Um, so I, I think you're, you're, you're right. I mean, that, that, you know, the, that goes back to that feel that I'm talking about that you, you, you might think you're going to lose, but if you've got the basics there and have put the work in, it shouldn't be too bad. Right. Yeah. And, and so much of it is, you know, another thing with a couple guys, you know, Craig story, somebody I've worked with Bobby Pavlonis mm-hmm. is somebody I've worked with. Uh, and I'd be happy to introduce people to, uh, to those guys. They're both local um solid solid yeah uh it, it, both of them said and then there's a guy named warren botke who worked yeah. with brooks kapka that i worked with and down skip in Berkmeyer. pj and then skip yeah skip berkmeyer uh with love i mean my god you're, you're, you know he's at another level jackson got a chance to play with him a couple weeks ago to see that up close Strong. and personal but is you, you're focused on whatever mechanics and all that stuff when you're behind the ball and then when you walk up to the ball after that you just shut it down now it's just because you're going to get in your head and that's where you can start messing the shot. And I know it sounds so, but God, that's such an important part of it is to not be thinking as weird as that, as that might sound. You're thinking about it, but once you cross over to line, align that ball, that's, that's, a, that's a consistent trait of all three of those uh, instructors. All right, final one here, Jennings, and I'm anxious to hear the answer to this. Uh, and this one actually came from the fan page. Um... What would be your dream golf foursome? All right, I'm going to do it in two scenarios. Okay. Living, uh, living in one, dead? No, one would be ones that I've played with. Uh, because, uh, I mean, when you take Sneed, you take Jordan, you take Mickelson. Yeah. And you take Clay. Yeah, I mean, you're already like you, you just named like a dream foursome for somebody. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I I think it would be. I I think for me, boy, it's a. It, it would be Sinatra. Mm, nice play. JFK Jr. I mean, I mean, I mean JFK. JF, not JFK Jr., JFK. Yeah, he was Sinatra. coming back to Dallas last week. And Jackie Gleason. Wow. Jackie Gleason. Yeah. To the moon, Alice. Wow. I'm an old soul. I'm an old soul. Uh, yeah, mean, elab- uh, elaborate on the, I mean, the Sinatra one I don't think needs as much explanation as the Jackie Gleason one. Go on with that. The Jackie Gleason, I, I am a huge fan of the movie The Hustler. I was able to meet Minnesota Fats at Shannon's Tournament. The real Minnesota Fats, um, uh, Gleason just seems like uh, let's hit the ball, boys, and and I can't imagine. I mean, you know, Sinatra is just go ahead, Frank, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, if you want to take a three, take a three. Um, yeah, I just I, I go a little old school. You know what I mean? That's a nice. That's a nice and surprising uh, dream foursome. 
Yeah, now, that's... I would also go Kay Parker, Janine, and Dumay. The the stag actress. That's right. God, is that, is that how you pronounce her? I know it's like D-E-A-U-X-M-A or something. Dumay, Dumay. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the way she pronounced it. I don't know why it. she just didn't put an E. Yeah, I, that would have made it. That would have made it all the better. Yeah, she. I bet. I bet she's sporting. I bet she. Would, I bet you would enjoy time with her. I can only imagine. I have imagined. <laughs> All right. Well, we're wrapping it up because I have to go to uh, to my son's soccer practice, which I absolutely love, and I never thought I would be saying that ten years ago. But that's where uh, that's where I am. Um, and I know the listeners have loved getting a chance to hear. Uh, more of your stories and more of your insight. Uh, like I said, uh, damn near 100% approval rating. Jennings Randolph Jr., an absolute pleasure. Thank you for spending some time with me and Action Jackson here on QFTA, kind sir. Good to talk to you, little poker. And as always, <laughs> do time. Do time? <laughs> do is. time. Thank you, Jennings. Thank you, Jay. See you, boys. See you. Later. There it is. Jay Randolph Jr., your Ledoux brother. Yeah, do time. Um, what do you think? It's, it's the, what I really, uh, uh, a sentence I heard that, like you said, could be used for other people, but he's a, he's a mashup of all of his experiences. And when you've had experiences with Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Phil Mickelson, Rich Gray, the list goes on and on, on top of his incredible family, you really, what you get out on the other side is a really quality human being who doesn't take life for granted. You know, he, yeah. he appreciates his experiences. He learns from his experiences. He got that from his dad. Yeah. That's his dad's trait. And to, and, sure. to, and to hear that on top of the, you know, the goofy stories about feet, it's just, you, you get a really high quality person. You know, I've, I've worked on the show for 11 months now. I've had many experiences with Jay, whether they're at TMA live or calling him every morning to when he fills in and, and it's a, it's, he's a, a beacon of, of hope and, and he's a funny guy and he's got some incredible stories. So to me as a listener for so many years and now someone who's worked on the show, uh, it's, it's really, really cool to hear Jay talk. I could hear him talk for 10 hours, let alone an hour. And yeah, half. I just, I love, I don't, he's just one of those guys who, when he, I don't, he's, he's just, he's, I don't know. He, when I know he's on, I'm just like, ah, it's a Jay day. Yeah, exactly. You know, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I told that story about Doug which I, I don't know how that'll come across to the audience because for me, I know how significant it was, mm -hmm. but for the audience, they'll be like, oh, I fucking can't, like why? But I'm just, we just never talk about the show. Yeah. I think it's tough for people to wrap their heads around how little talk of the show there goes is amongst on amongst the, the people on the show outside yeah. of, Hey, we got this going like tomorrow. You'll text me to say, hey, reminder, we have a Ryan Kelly remote, you yeah. know, yep. that there it is. Other than that, the mics go on, we'll go, fuck, I don't know where the, we're going to go, but the, we'll go. The there. content of the show is off almost never, ever discussed. Unless I'm saying, Hey, why don't we see if we can get this person yeah, on because yeah. there's a breaking story. Yeah. It's more business of the show, almost never content of the show. So that is definitely a, a milestone. Yeah. So for him for, and, and for Doug too, yeah, yeah. of everybody. Yeah, for sure. And it was just, you know, I don't even know how to describe, I don't know how to describe it. Cause it would, I know, I know, at least I think I know what the audience thinks the dynamic is like. It's just like whatever, like an orgy of laughter, mm -hmm. even in the commercial breaks. And if anything, it's, it will we'll be dicking around. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. 
but you know, like I'll go in and I'll get on a phone call on a break or off the text, respond to email. We'll just be screwing off. So for in that moment of silence, Doug, to, it's, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it just isn't the way, I mean, well, obviously BS, but like to talk about the show, yeah, that's why it stands out, which might sound so weird. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'm trying to picture like, like I listen to Stern, for example, and I would imagine that they would talk like him and Robin, for example, would talk about shit, but maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, it's just, but that I think those are different personalities than Doug's. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I've said on this podcast so many times, usually when people are attacking his politics, I go, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. He thinks differently than you think, or he thinks differently than I think. And I think differently than he thinks. And he might think I'm fucking nuts. I'm sure he does actually, <laughs> but he's just a great guy. Yeah. He is like, you couldn't like create a better person to work with, exactly. especially for this thing yeah, exactly. than him. Yeah. And part of that is probably because he never really talks about it. We just do our thing and yeah. then we go on about our, yeah. it's like if you have a teammate on a you know baseball team or basketball team or hockey team and you know, you know, they're, they're in when they're there, they're committed to it. Yeah. But then it's also like, okay, we did it. And then now we go on about our, yeah. our, our day and our lives. Yeah. So that's why that stands out to me. And I guess my way of conveying, oh, I look forward to, it's a J day, I think is a Doug, you know, oh, it's a J day. And, you know, Iggy and Jay have this relationship that they have. The audience loves them. Maybe that's another thing that there won't be like the occasional animosity that might come into. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, he brings the lighthearted fun, but mm -hmm. if we ever get on a conversation, especially golf, but he got football, worked about the Cardinal hall of fame thing. That was a yeah. surprising thing that got his dander up. Man's got takes too. Man's you know? got takes. He he'll, he'll talk feet. He's the best in the business when it comes to, when it comes to feet, <laughs> but, but the man's got takes too. Uh, loved having him on. That was great. Thank yeah. you. Dogtown tie for the idea. I mean, that shows, shows how hard up we are for ideas. <laughs> hey, why don't you have Jay on for QFT? Hey, fuck this Dogtown tie. Yeah. It's like when you Don Hoffman <laughs> I really get a kick out of it. He's a, this guy should be executive producer for the Tonight Show with that idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, so if you got ideas for it, it's cool. I mean, I've got more things about, hey, why don't you interview Doug? And Doug's like, that's what we do every day. <laughs> and we've done it like 3,000 times at this point. Um, but yeah, man, if, if, you know, people, yeah, maybe, maybe like for a QFT, I say I'd be more comfortable doing like that with Doug. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do like a, like how I, you know, like sound story kind of thing with Doug. Mm -hmm. Just be too awkward for me. It really would be. Yeah. I suppose I'd be interested in if like Buck Swope did it first off because Doug had scolded him for the length of the questions. Yeah. But Buck would... Swope would know and remember all of these things. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that would be great, but it just would be weird for me to do it. Um, but yeah, for like a QFTA, that was perfect with Jennings. We did one with Iggy. I don't know when we did that a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. That was great. That so was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any ideas people have, but, um, Thank you for Dogtown Ty. Send those in questions, comments, whatever. You want to talk Cardinals, Blues, Missouri, college football, gambling, stag. What else do we talk about on here? Oh, the Missouri-Georgia bet. Yeah. God. Instances like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because we were playing golf on Friday. Yep. And you know I was... The Tam Avenue Capital Partners were on a vote of seven out of eight participants wanting to put it all in the middle on that. Yeah. And, uh, and the hundred percent, I had got a phone call for like 50 minutes on Saturday morning. And then I said, I got to go. I got to put this damn bed in. Yeah. And the guy, you know, I've been telling him about it. I'm raving about how great the bed is, you know, and I'm sure he looked at that later. Like, Oh, this motherfucker. Uh, and, uh, and then I, and then I go back on where I was going to place it. And the line had moved so much. I said to the guys, I said, 
I'll do it if you want me to, but I would now advise against it. Not because I didn't think Georgia was going to cover, but because the math was so bad. The juice got so Like for a thousand dollar bet, we were betting $1,400. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, you can't, I can't justify that. And I was running everything by the wizard and he's like, well, I've got it at 61% that it'll be 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. So you would cover both bets, but that means that's 39% that it won't be and you're exposed. Now, 39% could also include where it's 21 nothing or 28 nothing. Yeah. But he goes, I just he goes, I got the game at 45 to uh, 45 to 6. What was the final score? 43-6? 43-6. Yeah. I believe it was the final score. Yeah. So that so he's I mean this is all in my text inbox. Not that this will surprise people. He goes, I just got it at 45 to 6, so I really like the under a whole lot. Um he goes what I would bet is 1000 on uh, Georgia in the first quarter, a thousand on the over in the first quarter, and then a thousand on the under for the first half. And I go, hold on a second. <laughs> I go, I gotta, I gotta mathematically wrap my mind. I know you're, I know you're right. Yeah, yeah. I just need to get comfortable with the fact that I'm betting that it goes over 13 and a half in the first quarter, but under 34 yeah. in the first half. Um, cause that I'm having a tough, and he goes, well, it's in part a hedge, but he goes in part, I think it'll just slow down yeah, once yeah. they pour it on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and he goes, so you can't, you can't, he goes, you can lose both, Yeah, but it's unlikely, or yeah. you can lose all three, but it's unlikely you use all three. So in a way it's a hedge. So none of, we didn't place any of those and very fortunate did bet on Georgia in the first half, but a small amount. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I was on here with you last week talking about dead serious and I was serious betting 12 months worth of mortgage payments on it Yeah, for real. Now the numbers were different at that time, but still doesn't change. Um, that I really thought that's, I mean, I was really in that mindset and what about tough Saturday? Oh my God. God. What about tough Saturday? So I said to Anna Maria, I said, yeah, we were talking about like recording my conversation with you. And I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what she, I know she listens to TMA and she listens to this. This is basically what she has at home. So she doesn't need <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. she doesn't need to hear this. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I was, you know, and I, and I, I, I said a number to her and I said, and when we're going to record it and then afterwards record your response to it. Um, and she goes, well, it wouldn't matter what I said anyway. And I go, <laughs> it's not true. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that would have been. I mean, but then on the other side of it, I'm like, so I, I, you know, we all, we're all in this group chat and I said, so I'm like, God, if, the, if Missouri's down 21, nothing over the first quarter, these guys are going to be so pissed at me, mm-hmm. you know? So then I'm kind of in this weird spot where I'm like thrilled that Missouri's driving down the field. And then I find yeah, myself shit. cheering for him. Cause I'm like, they're really moving the ball. And this is like a different offense than yep. what we had seen all year. So this yep. is kind of fun to watch with Tyler Macon, um, you know? And then I'm disappointed when Georgia wouldn't pick up a like loose ball or no, when, I don't know, when Missouri wouldn't get a first down when Cook slid for the first down, he didn't get it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, hold on a second. I was betting on, you yeah. know, and I am betting on, but I'm kind of wrapped up because I did bet on Missouri 50 bucks to win, which was yeah. plus 8,000. Yeah. That did not hit. No. And I didn't really get much of a sweat on it. it well, did, they, there was a fourth down that they had and then they threw a rain. You know, most teams when they're throwing on fourth down, they want to just get a couple yards. They want to get it past the sticks. George decided to go for the home run, and uh, Chris Abrams drained and put up much of a fight nope, on that one. Nope, nope, and He nope, is nope. the best second best mess, member of the secondary, so that's encouraging nonetheless. I think if they don't mess up that play in the, I guess, kind of the red zone, it's like at the 28, and Beatty takes that ball, 
that was like the first time I've ever seen the wide receivers on Mizzou have a decent block. No, oh, God bless. And I think he might have gotten the first down from there. I don't know. And then if you're up seven, nothing. At least it's fun for the right. first quarter, uh, especially if you had the over. But now when they didn't get that and got the three, I said, "Well, three nothing. We'll take a we'll take a lead against the number one team in the country." Uh-huh. And then you just knew. I mean, because I've, I've seen it so many times in my life. You haven't been alive for what is going on in 2021. This is familiar to me as a mm-hmm. Missouri fan going back to the 80s. Yeah. So often I would feel like Missouri would play these because when you were in the Big Eight, you're playing Oklahoma and Nebraska, and then the Big Twelve, then you bring some of the other ones into K State. Got good. Uh, that they would get up. And score three. They would score three. Yeah. And you'd go, wow, Missouri's up three. Here they come. Yeah. And then it's just, just like, then it's just like, just like a jackhammering skull fucking for yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. You know? And then you even feel better because after they kick the field goal, they force a punt. Yeah. What the hell's going on? <laughs> they sold that to stop the run. Yeah. Which then Georgia's like, oh, well, okay, well, okay. here's what we're going to do. We're just going to throw Rainbow it downfield. Yeah. yeah. With our backup. So, man, what a, I mean, what a lucky break. I mean, it wasn't like a moment of clarity. It was no, the no. line changed. I mean, it started to change on Friday. I got off the phone at 1035, and I went back to the site. And both Bovada, the site I use, and DraftKings app all had gone up substantially, up. too. Not just like a little bit, substantially. Yeah. So that was a big break because, for real, we would have lost We would have lost three grand. That's yeah. that's when, and, and I guess the juice, the so 3300 So, anyway... Uh, there it is. I don't know. I think what I got to do, I think the move is, is the, is the teaser strategy on pick six or just on the, the pick six podcast. Yeah. You I had really the, do. Yeah. You, the ballsiest play was last week and you did it obviously last season with, uh, rugs and the, 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 the yeah, the, the, the jets Raiders game, but Zero it's, it's really the, it's really the play and it's on totals and you just, yeah, you, you go just, over. Yeah. That's the play. Yeah. Yeah, because like think about if you did that with the UNC Wake Forest game, like you have no sweat there. They damn near cover in the first half. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It really is the play. Yeah, that so, or NBA props. By the way, we'll tend to business while we're on the air. Uh-huh. Uh, I probably won't be able to do pick six on Wednesday at six p.m. So whatever else works, I don't know if there's a Thursday possibility for yeah. people or something like that. Yeah, I'm but sure just we can do it or I can maybe do it a little later or maybe a little earlier. I don't know what works for everybody else's schedule. We could do it either later. Just on. for the listeners who listen and are looking no, forward. Yeah, to it. Producer Joe went five and one, and Gangster Pete went zero oh and six. Is that accurate? Pandemic Pete. I thought I went one and five. I don't know what oh and, I know I had Two. three Georgia Missouri games that didn't cover. Yeah, uh, but I had Packers under. Yeah, Packers, Packers Chiefs, Chiefs under, under. I don't know. I don't know what the other game was I that I had. I have no idea. But I thought I went one and five, so I'm no, thrilled I went two and four. You went two and four. God yeah, bless yeah, America. Yeah. All right, uh, time to shut it down. Thank you to Jennings for spending time with us, and uh, thank you to all of our sponsors: Ryan Kelly, Seth Gold, Camp Design, Air Heating and Cooling, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson at Munganess, St. Louis Acura.com, AltonToyota.com, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, three one four nine six one forty eight hundred or CarltonInsurance.net, and the great. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.